0: Hello and welcome to the Helping Hand Podcast. My name is Pauline Shannon. I'm a mother of three and a reflex integration therapist. Each week I will be meeting someone who helps children and families. I will be asking them what they do and how they do it. We will learn how different therapies can help, how to choose which is right for you and how to find them when you need them. Hi, today I'm speaking to Nikki McVee. Nikki is a speech and language therapist and a Johansson practitioner in Central Scotland and the Highlands. Good morning, Nikki. How are you? Morning I'm well how are you? I'm well thank you I'm so glad that you've come to talk to us I'm quite excited about um hearing more about the Johansson that you use so do you want to start just by telling us what you offer to support children and families and then give us a bit more detail about the Johansson itself?
1: Yeah definitely so um, I am a speech and language therapist um, registered with the HCPC as good speech therapists should be um, and I offer a range of the traditional speech and language therapy services for children, so support with understanding, putting sentences together, speech difficulties. Um, but I, um, and I, you know, I do a range of assessments for that and uh, individualised therapy for that that's delivered one to one or via VC. But I have a particular interest in Johansson, which is a listening programme, and I use that alongside mo- traditional speech therapy to really give a very comprehensive package for the children I work with. Um, Is it worth saying a little bit more about Johansson at this point, is that quite useful? So the listening program, it's an individualized listening program. And I believe it's probably the only one that's custom made for children. So we, we customize the listening for that child's listening profile. And the idea is to enhance their auditory processing skills so what are auditory processing skills well they're pretty central actually to most of the language skills that that we use so the obvious one is auditory memory remembering what a phone number or something an instruction somebody's just said to you but it's also about being able to hear not hear actually listen so attend to the differences between sounds so why is a s different to a z very very specific um, listening behavior um, it also helps us to bring information together so if you're listening to the intonation pattern of what somebody says and the meaning of the words that they say you have to pull those together and think was that sarcastic were they being funny so these are kind of what we call cohesion issues and um, Johansson really is there to enhance those skills because many of the children i meet have problems following whether someone said something sarcastically or not they have problems with blending those kind of things so that's really what johansson's about um, yeah would you like me to describe how we go about assessing for that? Is that useful it would be really good if you could take us from the first contact
0: that somebody would make with you what would the initial discussion be what would the assessment look like and then step-by-step step through a programme to the very end? Yeah, okay.
1: So usually people just get in touch via my website, I suppose, and they, they're, they've, they're looking – I think they're not quite sure what they're looking for, actually. Um, but they usually know that their child is having trouble with certain aspects, maybe of their literacy or their um, listening and background noise, those kind of things. And we have a chat um, usually there's a questionnaire kind of finding out more about the child and their listening behaviours, etc., cetera, and the, their language skills. And then we get them in for usually a two hour assessment. So they come in for two hours. And in that time, we do an audiogram. So that's just a, I'm not checking their hearing. I'm just looking at their listening curve. I'm looking at how do their ears tune into what they're meant to be listening to at different frequencies. And I want to know whether both ears are listening to the same thing at the same time, because timing is really important, in particular for spelling and blending and those kinds of things. Um, we always do a laterality test. So we'll look to see whether a child is right-handed or left-handed, whether they mix the two up. Are they right-footed, left-footed? Do they Which eye do they prefer to use, close up or far away? How are they using scissors? And this is important because there's a maturity within the neurological system that happens and usually by primary one, children kind of know that they're right-handed or left-handed, but many of the children I see don't. They, they still maybe haven't decided um, or they're struggling with each the hand that they've been kind of di- di- um, directed towards using. Um, and that's important because of the way we learn to listen because the language center is in the left hemisphere of your brain and information comes in from the right. Uh, usually it's the stronger pathway and it goes directly into that left hemisphere and that's quick and efficient. But for some children, it's going into both ears, it's crossing over, it's taking a bit more time to get there. So that can add processing time to following language and instructions and stuff. So when we've completed that, um, I might screen them for some auditory processing difficulties. I don't diagnose auditory processing. That's, that's really for a trained, skilled audiologist. But I can kind of screen for that and get a feel for where they're at with their auditory processing, whether they have a dominant ear or not. Um, And offer language assessments as well. So sometimes more specific than they may have had. So, you know, looking at intonation and looking at whether they can inference from uh, sentences and things. So we get a real picture of what we need to be tackling. And we map that onto what's happening in the classroom or in their daily life. And then we order the music. So the music can either be on a CD form, or now on a download depending on the technology that, that's available at home. And the child has that CD and they usually listen between, ooh, depending on their age, between maybe six and 10 weeks on that piece of music. And they go away, they listen to that daily at home at a time that's convenient to mom or dad for 10 minutes. And then after that, we get them back in. But I ask mom or dad or family members to make a note of any changes and they might not necessarily be linked to, to speech and language initially. It could be balanced actually. Have children that come back and after six weeks that they're, they're riding a bike which is kind of new or they're not so sick anymore so strange things like that go on um, and then we review the audiogram and the progress and we send out another piece of music potentially we're looking at four to six pieces of music across a period of between nine months maybe in a year um, and families may come in just for that one hour for that review and they come and get their review, get their music go home come back in and that's all they they attend for. Other children who maybe have that specific difficulty with literacy or APD, auditory processing disorder, may well continue to see me for those kind of therapies on a more regular basis because of the, I guess the collection of materials and experience I have had over the years at working with children with those kind of very specific difficulties. Um, And then at the end of the program, we wind them down, the children go back through those CDs and hopefully we set them free And those changes that we've made should be pretty permanent. Occasionally, we have a blip round about puberty when children's hormones kick in. um, And I've seen a couple of young people who've come back to me just for a little booster um, at that time. Um, And that's you. That's your programme complete, hopefully. That's really interesting.
0: So what concerns might I see? What symptoms or behaviours should make me think
1: of coming to somebody like you? Yeah, so that's really interesting. Classically, they're children who one-to-one are following instructions quite well, but with background noise, maybe the telly's on or a classroom, they're struggling. So suddenly they almost go deaf. I've had people say that to me or I've had young people say, I can hear, I can just see your lips moving and I just can't process the sound anymore. That can be one of the the, the symptoms. That's quite an obvious one. Mishearing words quite a lot. So I, I live here in Creef, beautiful Creef, and I had a little boy who came to see me. He was convinced he was coming to Crete, um, a little disappointed when he got here. But you know, that Creef, you know, that mishearing of words and, and not just once or twice, but kind of on a regular basis, that's a common one um children who who can't follow a long sequence of instruction so you know go upstairs and get changed and come back down and then put your lunchbox on the side and they just disappear where did they go you know <laughs> they didn't come back to me with their lunchbox um they might struggle they maybe have learnt their phonics uh in class but when they come to blending them together it's just not happening they're just not individual sounds and letter correspondence great just not blending them together or when it comes to reading they can perform the motor act but when it comes to to what did what does that mean or what what can you tell us from that that inferencing, that's a struggle um, sometimes they struggle to sleep at night because so much happens during the day that they can't process it all at the same time so when they get to bed and it's peaceful All this information, they turn it over before bed. And so getting to sleep can be really challenging. Lots of children I see have an underlying anxiety, just this low level bubbling away all the time because Lots of young people have said to me, you know, I'm just scared that I'm suddenly not going to hear what they're saying anymore. or I'm going to miss where I was or I know I can do this, but I just can't. So there's an anxiety there. Um, And again, often these children have got mixed lateralities. They might be a little bit clumsy or they might find it difficult to sit still. They're just sort of immature in that sense of being ready to learn as well. So those are the kind of typical symptoms I see when children come to see me.
0: How did you get into speech and language therapy and how did you
1: get into your Yeah, good questions. Um, I was years ago a volunteer with um, adults with learning disabilities and um, I just loved it. I love the fact that we had a group of people who I have to say are quite marginalized by society but taught me so much about how how to communicate, how to persist with communication, and that when they got that communication going, and um, the joy that it brings us all—you know—relationships, self-esteem, um, and I really am passionate about communication. I think whatever the level of difference a child has, they can always have some level of communication that will make their life better. So whether that's for someone who who gets to choose what socks they wear in the morning when they've never been able to do that before to someone who's wanting to learn how to summarize or pull an essay together. It's about meeting your potential because communication is how we do that. Communication is is how we put ourselves across and it's so important for our mental health. Um, And again, mental health and communication are so linked. I came across Johansson when I was on a, you know, quite, quite a traditional training course about learning about listening and attention and those the main bulk of that course was about you know environmental changes don't sit the child next to the open and closing door or the humming radiator Uh, these practical strategies but within that was a discussion about johansson and what i loved about it was it was working at this biological level this connection of the neurons and i truly i wouldn't be a therapist if i didn't believe children had that or adults even have that plasticity within their brain to change you know what you've got is not necessarily what you have to live with um but with some retraining at that level i felt it really complemented the therapy um stuff we were doing uh, on a more traditional level so if you're stimulating biologically and then you're changing behaviors you're changing environment and you're learning then it's surely got to be the best combination of offering therapy um yeah so that's how i've got two practical
0: questions um what age group do you work with
1: I always say I'm going to stick to working to slightly older children, but um I do work with children as young as three. Um, and I do work with children. I, I do like to get to my teenagers. I really do because um so many changes are happening for them, there's much pressure on them. So I will work with children from three to, to 18. And I have had the occasional adult because sometimes when I'm working with a child, mum or dad goes. That's me. <laughs> um, so we may well put mom and dad on the Johansson as well. And um, you know, the the results. I suppose I'm. You know, I, I suppose I have my best results with children between the ages of four and ooh, thirteen. Um, but we do get results either side of that. The littlies that I see, the really little ones, are often oh, we're not quite sure what's going on with them. Some of them may well have um, autism that we're, we're that we're kind of learning about. Um, And we know that lots of children with autism have auditory processing needs for sure, or they have sensitivities to noises. And that's another thing I found Johansson to be very useful for is you may get diagnosed with hyperacuity, which is this uh, intense reaction to noises. But what are you going to do about it? And putting headphones on and walking around with those on all day is one solution but not necessarily something that's right for all families they actually want to get to that underlying sensitivity so with the little children I'm often working on that rather than the language although I may use macotin I'm a macotin tutor as well so I'll use it in a combination of therapies
0: yeah do you need
1: any special equipment to do your handsome? you're needing the most important thing are your headphones so again we advise on those headphones so headphones generally for the masses are made for that kind of poppy rocky music they they beef up those um low tones um those low the low frequencies excuse me and um so those are not great so we do specify the headphones with regard to um App, if you're using a cd then just a bog standard cd player 12 pounds out of argos is all you need the headphones are around about um 30 pounds so we're not going to break the bank here um, and the cd's are around about 30 i don't charge any more than johansson charged me but um i charge they're about 35 36 pounds um, so we're not talking we're not going to break the bank here you know um So you don't and then you just need a quiet space and a place to chill out and listen to them. So again, not ridiculous amounts of equipment. If you do a download, then you need a device that's just got good memory on it because the musical pieces are quite heavy on memory. So um, it can go on an iPad or a phone. um, But um, usually I do recommend that you delete lots of your apps because otherwise you end up downloading the music every night.
0: okay thanks if somebody wants to get in touch with you if they're recognizing their child in the descriptions you've given how can they get in touch with you
1: yeah um i was just well yeah i so my website is just nickymcfee speech therapy.co.uk and that's my website um and um, there's an email me bit on there and if you just click on that it'll email me and uh, we can make initial contact I usually email families back so that we know we've got contact and usually arrange a wee free phone call before we even get started because the last thing I want to do is to make somebody come to see me when actually I'm not the right person for them to see so it's really important we we make we make sure we've had that right discussion and again we go through what's expected when families come so that they're they're well prepared yeah
0: thank you so much for your time uh many people will not have heard of Johansson and I hope that we've given another option to some of the people who are listening yeah
1: that's great thank you very much for having me
0: you've been listening to the helping hand podcast connecting families with help and support when they need it if you want more information or to find a therapist near you go to helpinghandonline.co.uk